Welcome to the Business Sphere. On this podcast, we want to share real stories and real struggles from entrepreneurs who have been where you are. John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover their successes and challenges. We take a deep dive into their journey and provide you with tips and advice to help your business today. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Joining me today is owner of True Marketing, Gabriella Ribeiro. Her boutique firm specializes in travel-related clients worldwide. She also runs 48-Hour Power Johns, where she plans 48-hour adventures for busy entrepreneurs. Thanks for being on the show today, Gabriella. Oh, thank you for having me. So I'm excited to learn a little bit about your journey, how you became who you are today. So maybe share with the audience numbers um, how, what, what do people know you by today versus when you first started? Oh, wow. Well, they know me as, I guess, the go-to person for anything related to travel. <laughs> but um, that wasn't just sort of, you know, it didn't just happen in my career. I grew up in a, in a heavily traveling family and my dad was an entrepreneur. So it was, it was just kind of a natural thing. You know, we always moved around a lot, not, 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 you know, not located, I mean, you know, not moving um, as far as moving house, but, you know, just traveling a lot, taking opportunities. My dad had a lot of opportunities to take us really all around the world. And, um, you know, I, it wasn't something that I meant to do or form a career out of. I didn't think that you could. I thought it was just, okay, a hobby, you know, and I'll be a lawyer or, <laughs> or a diplomat or something like that. And, um, you know, as I, as I went forward and I studied journalism in college and I love to write, it just sort of, it was a pathway that sort of found me. I mean, I meant to try to work in a TV news production and my dad just said, okay, take, take a job here, you know, and, and, you know, at a travel company while you're looking for that, you know, see how you like it. And, you know, to, to kind of sit here a, a little bit and, and kind of, you know, check out, check out what a career in travel might be. And um, it just sort of found me, it kept getting better and better. I had an opportunity at a company. And then after that, I, I took all I learned and I formed my own business um, nearly 20 years ago. So that's, that's um, amazing. Yeah. It sort of found me and it was something I love to do. And I, I figured out how to wrap a, uh, a business and a lifestyle around it. That's amazing. Um, I'm just going to ask you, like, take maybe some of the listeners back when you were traveling with your, your dad. Um, if you don't mind sharing, like, what kind of entrepreneur was he? And then did you have that entrepreneurial kind of mindset early days to by, by being so closely tied in terms of his daily activities and what he had to go through to do what he wanted to do to run his kind of life to be able to travel. Um, like what, what guided you to this whole travel industry? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I grew up kind of, you know, seeing we, you know, on, on days off of school, we went to my dad's office and we, you know, we microwave popcorn and we hand wrote documents. <laughs> and, you know, it was very exciting. Um, but I always, I always saw him being the boss. And, um, you know, to me, it was very normal. And sometimes he would stay home and, and you know, and, and do some work. And, and that was just how I knew things. He didn't actually go every single day to an office. He was traveling a lot. And I didn't really know what that meant to have a dad who did nine to five. I mean, he traveled a lot. Sometimes he, you know, he wasn't home for dinner. It was just the lifestyle we grew up in. Um, but I knew for sure that I really loved how, how it all seemed, you know, how he could command things and he could make decisions. And, um, and that was fascinating to me. So I think, and also my brother is an entrepreneur, a completely different business, but it had to have rubbed off on us 
in some way, because we both sort of wound up, you know, figuring out that we really are better off with people not looking over our shoulders and, and creating our own pathways and, and creating lifestyles that work for us and our, you know, in our life and our families and all of that. Um, but it was really interesting to kind of see the highs, but I'll be honest with you, there were also some, some lows, you know, and I'm very candid about that. And I've, I've written a book about it as well, um, just about entrepreneurship, but you know, it can be great, but then there can also be some devastating times where you have financial challenges and things like that. So I had a front row seat to all of it, the good and the bad. And I think with that, it really helped me learn how to actually do this. I don't think any amount of schooling can, can teach you, you know, what, what life is like on the, on the business streets, so to speak. So I, I was able to see that up front and learn from, you know, learn from successes and also some, some mistakes. And in your early days, uh, is this something that, you know, did you have real other jobs um, or did your dad kind of push you to kind of join him early days so that you can see and kind of envision what life is as an entrepreneur? Or did you have like, you know, the, the jobs as a teenager and <laughs> a college university student or whatever it may be? I always had a job um, from very early age. I had a paper route when I was like 10. I mean, I always worked. So um, it was, yeah, there were, there were times he would guide me and say, Hey, I have this friend who needs some help or, you know, look for an opportunity. Um, but by the time I graduated college, he was working for a company and sort of guided me that path and just said, you know, like, like I said, take, take a, take a little, you know, office job, <laughs> figure out what you like about it. It's stable. It's a paycheck, learn how to deal with everything. And then if you ever want to do something on your own, do it later on, you know, but get some experience. Don't just jump before you see how, you know, the corporate culture works, which I learned, you know, was, it was just not for me. Um, but I did learn a lot. It was a really great period in my life where I was able to travel a lot because um, it was a tourism company and, and see structure, but also see what I didn't like about it. You know, and to learn that, you know, it sort of solidified in me that I definitely needed to be on my own. So I'm just going to uh, ask you, um, in terms of this new travel uh, company, well, not no longer new because you've been doing it for 20 years. Uh, how many years were you in the business um, working at, at different companies before you kind of pivoted and decided this is for me? I'm going to try something because there's a, a gap in the marketplace or something you can do a little bit better. Like maybe share with the audience members, like your years of experience, why you decided like mentally, as well as what drove you, like what, what pushed you to take that next step? Yeah. Well, I always wanted to, but I knew, and you know, same as my dad would have told me, you know, just learn because you don't, you think, you know, everything, everybody comes out of college, you know, and you think they know everything and you <laughs> You get a little like cocky about it, you know, but you really don't. So it was, it was a time for me to settle. It was also a time for me to understand how to deal with different personalities, how to, how to navigate my way, um, you know, how to learn as much as I could. And also I, I did want to pursue my MBA. So I said, you know, like I never, I mean, look, kudos to anyone who does anything in their own path, but I always felt like for me, I could never stop working while I did that because how would I get back in? So I was able to sort of, you know, have stability 
which, which is great, you know, be able to pursue another pathway, you know, for the education wise, and then to, to learn all I could, but I always knew that it, it was just too crowded. It was too, you know, too, too much red tape, too much this, that, and the other thing. Um, and I never really looked, I always knew I wanted to launch uh, my own company, but somebody had just come to me when I was at that job and said, listen, we really like, you know, your style, the way that you do things. We have a position open, it's work from home. Um, you know, we'd be a retainer based client and this is how, and all of that was very weird to me. I said, oh my gosh, cause I worked at a company that was very, um, non-employee friendly, put it that way. So all of a sudden somebody wanted to buy me a laptop and wanted to pay for my cell phone and all of these things that I never, you know, had seen before. And I was able to sort of take that and make the jump because I had one client. I said, okay, you know, this is good. Money is, is okay. It was more money than I was making there. And, you know, as I grew, it was sort of like, oh, if I'm doing all this for one, I could probably try to do it for two. And then, you know, another client came and so on and so forth. So that's kind of how it was built. People always ask me like, how did you do this? I'm the worst person to ask because I've never made a business plan. I don't, I don't map it out. Um, you know, everything that I've done, I have ideas and I just sort of act on them. That's my business plan is never hesitating, um, but not trying to structure and project income and all of that stuff, because it truly, you never know. And especially after this past year, you, you really, you really don't. <laughs> so, you know, you go with what feels right, I think. Yeah, going with the flow, momentum, and, you know, once you have comfort in taking some risks, right? When you're younger, you're more adept to take risks because you can always join another company or you don't Absolutely. have huge obligations like a house or a mortgage or, you know, uh, children or whatever it may be. So taking that risk early to allow you to make mistakes, grow, and then pick yourself up. Did you endure a lot of mistakes when you were at the onset and maybe share with the audience members, like some of them and how you overcame them? Oh, absolutely. I think that the number one thing I would say, uh, you know, as I always kind of tell people, you have to figure out really early how to manage cash flow. Because when you're in business for yourself, you realize very quickly that people don't pay their bills on time, you know, and there's something to be said for, a, you know, a nice paycheck and all of that is great. But most of the time when you're a consultant or an entrepreneur, you, you know, your invoice is generally the last to get touched, you know, in, in anyone's finance office. And, um, I think it's, it was, that was very humbling because I had always had a paycheck. It wasn't big, but you know what I mean? Or, you know, when I was living at home before I, I always had a place, you know, so there was no big deal. Um, but learning how to do that and getting yourself on a cycle of, of being able to maintain some savings for those times that you are waiting for those, those bridge moments um, is a huge thing. And that was a very, very, um, you know, very challenging thing for me to learn, but I, you know, I learned the hard way, but I learned early. And I think also doing your due diligence and checking out references and checking out um, clients. I've, I've been burned by many clients that I took just because it, it looked good on paper, you know, and since, you know, there were times, especially when I was younger that I, I didn't really look into, you know, what kind of people am I, am I working with? You know, <laughs> What kind of reputation do they have um, in the, in your industry? And, you know, really taking that time, not just signing off on anything just because you want to build, but you really have to, you have to look um, and, you know, and just be, make sure that the people that you're going to choose to work with are trustworthy. And that takes time, but also experience, right? And early days, you take everything because yes. <laughs> you, know, you don't know what you don't know, right? And as you mature in your business and you become more wise, you're vetting them as much as they vet you. 
you're going to vet them to ensure that they're aligned with your core values. They have integrity, they're trustworthy, they're honest people. Um, but it takes time, just like in every business. So I, I love you sharing that. Uh, I wanted to take a step back again. I wanted to ask you, like, early days, I know you mentioned your dad being such a big in influence in that entrepreneurial spirit for you. Was he like your main go-to kind of mentor or did you have others that you kind of realigned yourself with throughout that journey of early days? Um, you know, in the beginning, yes, for him, but unfortunately for me, he passed away pretty early in my life. So I was, I was in my late twenties. So he, he actually never saw all, <laughs> all the stuff that wound up happening, um, which is a shame, but I always had, you know, between him and, and just really influential, you know, friends and, and family members in my life, um, always relied on, on that, those people. And there were some people that I connected with early on that were much older than me in the business world that just either took a liking to me or I took a liking to them. And have never steered me wrong. And to this day, you know, some of them are, are retired now, you know, but I still, you know, chat with once in a while um, who can see the vision. And they're, they're really people that had had really good longevity and great reputations in the industry. So I always took the advice of, of people that I saw not only highly successful, they didn't have to be, you know, billionaires, but just, just that they were really respected. And that they had done good things, um, you know, with the opportunities they were provided. So with that, that was really, you know, all of all of that circle that I worked to build. And you know, building your your network is so important from the ground up, and especially starting when you're really young. You know, yeah. it's never never too early to to find like a circle <laughs> of people, you know, corporate or not, um, that you can really count on to go to for things who, who want your best interest that are not jealous, that are not trying to hold you back, you know, people outside of where you work and that kind of thing um, that just want the best. And one of the things I love is your net worth, your network is your net worth, right? Yes. And yes. it's so true in every aspect of not just entrepreneurial journey and business ownership, but in life in general, right? It's that social interaction of people that you can trust and turn to when the things are good or bad. Um, and they will give you a, a different perspective and be honest with you because they know how difficult it is because they've gone through it. Did you find it very challenging to connect with them early stages? Because, you know, like, like you don't know early on in your journey um, what you don't know, right? Like to reach out or to connect and bond with influential people is a struggle for a lot of entrepreneurs because they're afraid of what they're going to say, right? Um, how did you overcome that? I think, you know, just, just going for things. I was in a job and that, that's why I took the job in the beginning because I had to get comfortable with, I mean, I never loved presenting in front of people. I never loved, you know, I always loved to speak my mind, but I didn't like doing presentations and I didn't like, you know, kind of sharing ideas. I was always afraid that my mind wouldn't be good. Um, so I think putting myself in a situation and a, and a particular job um, where I had to pick up the phone and I had to like go into meetings and, and talk about what I was believing in, you know, it, it was doing, I was doing um, advertising and, um, you know, and pitching and selling people campaigns. It was like, any, I never said no. I guess at the core, I never said no. Because I was always afraid if I did say no, somebody would not come to me again and give me that opportunity. So I just kind of dealt with it, um, you know, did everything I could. Every trip I was asked to go on, even if it was inconvenient or I didn't want to go, I went. Um, and it just became a, a person of yes, <laughs> so to speak. And I think that was really kind of what 
you know, I, I put myself in a lot of situations that I was so uncomfortable in, but because of that, I was able to connect with some people at a higher level, have them notice me or what I was able to, to create and, um, you know, and then take those relationships as they came. And I think like it, that was around the time, like, well, I guess social media started after that, but it became a lot easier <laughs> after, after you could connect with people, um, you know, and then you could find people randomly and, Hey, do you remember me? But I think in any industry, it's very, um, very insular. And I think especially in the travel industry, it's huge, but you wind up seeing the same people so often. And a lot of industries are like that. So you reconnect and reconnect. Um, so you just, you know, it takes no seconds at all to drop someone a line or just to say, you know, that, that I'm, I'm thinking, you know, of this, this time that we went to, you know, this, this particular country and had this laugh or that kind of thing, just reconnecting with, with people that, you know, were part of your, um, your past as you were building and just letting them know what you're doing in, you know, at the present. So see if there's any synergies. And, and did you have any regrets early days? Uh, because it sounded like you were a yes person. Um, looking back now with all the years that, you know, of wisdom, um, would you have done anything different? Or do you feel this is something everyone needs to learn as they mature and get into this uh, business ownership entrepreneurial journey? Wouldn't have done anything different because every single thing taught me something or, and I look back and it's just everything in my life has, has wound up. I mean, I'm even working with people now um, that I worked with, you know, 15 years ago, I had a client who I worked with, you know, 15 years ago that just hired me for a project. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I think everything does teach you how to get to the next step. And there were some really awful times. There were some, you know, times that we had, you know, clients that were, that behaved badly, you know, and caused a lot of strife for a lot of people around us that, you know, sort of impacted us. Um, you know, we had a lot of things that we went through, just me and my team. Um, but if we hadn't, then, then we wouldn't know what to look for. And the same thing with the cash flow. If I didn't learn really early, you better save your money and figure out how to deal for the rainy day because the rainy day can, and unfortunately did happen, um, to all of us in this business. Um, and so many of us during COVID. So yeah, I think everything taught me something. I'm still not, you know, there's, there's no perfection. I still, I mess up all the time, but <laughs> at least I think I have more, uh, more tools to, to, to help myself now. Perfect. Um, now let's pivot to your actual business. So let's go into, you know, 20 years of running your business. Did you have to change it throughout the years to address different gaps or competitors or like, what did you start your business as and how did it evolve to where it is today? Sure. I think we started as, you know, just hardcore, more like guerrilla marketing, we used to call it kind of like that old book, um, you know, just getting being different, because what we do is we we work, um, we're sort of if you know what a pharmaceutical rep does, they kind of walk around and go to doctor's offices and say, use my medication, we do that, but for our travel. So we go to travel agencies, we, you know, market to meeting planners, and we teach them um, about you know, the companies and the hotels we represent. So in order to do that effectively, we can't just be people that walk around and drop a brochure. We have to get into the psychology of why somebody might book our destination and that kind of thing. So we started to do things that were much more creative, more immersive. We worked on, you know, connecting a, those relationships with some of the people that would become our biggest sellers, um, you know, and, and making, making it more of a holistic approach rather than a transactional. So trying to, to develop relationships that would be more long-term. So I would say that's, you know, we were different in that. Um, take 
you know, 18 months ago when everything fell apart, you know, <laughs> we could no longer really do that because we had grown so much. We were starting to do in-person events. We were doing all of these, you know, live productions and things were going great and everything just completely fell. All the clients fell off. Um, everything, the revenue dried up, everything, you know, possible because there was nothing to pull from in the travel industry. So we had to do things differently again. And we evolved to a more virtual platform. We started to launch digital live events, which worked really well and, and was what people needed at that time. So now as we come back um, and things fortunately have come back well, um, you know, we're going to continue. It's funny. You said like, what did you learn? And, and you know, we learned that there's space for virtual events, you know, and hybrids moving forward. So we can actually create more of a business around um, these products we developed. So all of that is really good news. So do you currently still go travel uh, as much as you once did early days or, um, and, and how has that impacted the way you work in this industry? Because, you know, look, a year and a half ago or a year ago, um, there was no travel, right? And before that, you were probably, you know, able to do whatever you wanted anywhere in the world. Like, what has changed and how did you change, right, to become still in operation and thriving? Yeah, well, we changed our approach as far as work. You know, like I said, we went more virtual and more digital, but I, two things happened. Um, I realized that I sort of became, um, you know, my role because we have a, a really large audience of, of agents and this, and then everybody was so depressed. So I, I sort of saw my role during that time was just a, a cheerleader and keeping people's spirits up and just saying, this is, I'm in it too. I get it. you know. <laughs> and I would host weekly calls where people could just get on and cry if they needed to, and just say, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, and, and that sort of helped build a, a stronger, you know, base and community because these people were always going to coming back, you know, to us when, when this thing was over. Um, we also looked towards other sources that were more stable. Um, for instance, we had never worked with tourism boards before, but tourism boards are run by governments and governments generally don't run out of money. So they were good, good prospects to pursue, um, you know, who, who see the value and consistency. So we were able to start to work with some great tourism boards during this time, which has been great. Um, but I was traveling throughout. I know it probably wasn't the, the safest thing to do, but I, had to show myself as well as people who are in my orbit that it can still be done. So it was, yeah, it was painful. I had horrible moments, um, but I also did get on planes. I, you know, back in June before California just blew up last June, I went to California and I, it was my first time on a plane in months. Prior to that, I was flying all the time, several times per month. Uh, I take my daughter everywhere. So she was traveling with me all the time and it just stopped. But that first flight, um, was huge. And it was also a really great game changer for my audience to just share with them every single thing that I found. What does this look like now? What does the airport look like now? What does everything smell like? What does everything you know <laughs> taste like on a plane? That kind of thing. Um, so that was helpful. And I did travel throughout and I used that opportunity. It was a risk, um, but I used it to show people that the world was still okay. You know, we see horrible images on the news, but I had gone to Dubai last October, you know, still in the middle before vaccinations and everything was clean and people were complying and then people were living a very normal life and everything looked beautiful and sparkling. And I think, you know, a lot of people needed to see that because we were sort of just shown everything is devastating and, you know, and everything's falling apart and everybody's bankrupt. And in fact, that, that wasn't true, you know? So I think people needed that hope. So I, I decided to travel during the period and I'm still traveling very heavily now. That's amazing to hear. Um, and for some of the listeners that are still, or they've never traveled, 
or they've um, are, are fearful to even leave their house, right? To yeah. do road trips, <laughs> let alone flying. What do you have to say about those people? Because, and I'll, I'll be frank here, my first experience of traveling was in university college. I did an exchange program. First time ever to travel on an airplane. And it was an eye opener to me <laughs> to see how many people live different lives different cultures, different experiences. And it opened myself up to a new world. Because again, I, I come from immigrant family, you know, just yeah. struggling to even just get uh, our, our foot in the door, right. And it was hard, challenging times when we were younger. But that first travel experience, when I came back to Canada, and I, I hung out with some of my friends, they they were still doing the exact same thing as when I did leave. And this was like a year. And therefore, I felt I had all these memories, experiences, relationships I met along the way. And they had nothing else to talk about than, you know, what's on TV or sitcom and whatever. For me, that, that gave me an opportunity to say, look, I'm going to travel multiple times a year because that's going to be the best thing for me to evolve and learn as much as I can in this global world that we live in. I love that you said, I loved everything that you said, and it is so true. And I think it's, it's the best teacher. And that's why I decided at a very early age that, you know, um, you know, if there was an opportunity, I would take my daughter ever. And she grew up on a plane basically, you know, and there's some times where she would miss school for a little bit, but I, I always, the world is the best teacher and you can't, you can't ever learn anything the way that you can learn, you know, when you're talking to other people and seeing people who look differently, that who live differently, you know, you can't learn that here. Um, and I think it's important, but I, I always, you know, especially over this time too, you said, what would I say to people that when I can tell you that the world is still standing and everything is beautiful and things are a little bit different, but, you know, monuments are still very much alive and, and people are still celebrating and living life, but, you know, with a sensitivity aspect, because, I know nobody can tell someone to just get over something. You have got to go when, when the time is right for you. So that's what I have said from the beginning. That's what I've always said. Um, you know, we're not, we never want to push anybody to go. I can only tell you what I found, but if the time is not right for you, then you have to wait for it to be right and wait for your, your fear to subside, whatever it is that you need, because, um, you know, if you're going and you're stressed, it's, it's not going to be the trip that you that you wanted. So, you know, if go when you feel okay to go is what I can tell you, you know, and, and be mentally prepared, right. And take as much precautions as you can, because life will st still continue. Um, Absolutely. People are still going to be moving, doing what they need to do to survive work, you know, spend time with family and friends. Um, and over the course of, I would say two years, even prior to this pandemic, I started working on my bucket list, right? 500 places, world <laughs> wonders, different places I want to travel globally. And for me, that, that excites me. So that whole anticipation of travel, you know, that, that booking, the journey of learning, like I, I look forward to like checking out the hotel, different sites. It gets people all excited, right? So that yeah. whole process of travel, unless you do it, for the first time, second time, five times, a hundred times, you don't understand what you're missing. So take that step to get outside of your comfort zone. A lot of people are probably afraid or they've never done it because maybe no one in their, their family or friends have ever traveled either. Yeah. 
There's right. so many people that travel everywhere every day. Go out there. I, I'm a big advocate of travel, by, by the way, at Gabriella. I love traveling. It's love like, it. <laughs> it's so hard for me because for me, my, my son is very young. So we don't want to take that risk, but yeah, yeah. it's okay, right? Like time, I, I'll spend more time with him now because I know it's precious, right? So living in the moment, taking time and understanding, you know, when time is right, I'm going to travel again with him everywhere. Right. And you will. And that's, there'll be plenty of time. And I, I love what you said, just that things are, are still moving and they really are. That's the thing. People are just out like living life. And if you go to most airports, I mean, I'm, I'm in the U S I can tell people kind of never stop traveling here. Even though we probably should have um, airports look the same. Like the only difference is a mask. The shops are open. People are moving. Um, you know, it's very much, and I think, you know, we, we rely on just watching what we see and taking that in, but you just, you have to take that step. And once you see, once you see your neighbor doing it, once you see your friend doing it, it, it becomes a lot less scary. And especially because I live in Canada, you're in the U S yeah. we, as a Western culture, you know, if you're a first world nation and you have the ability to do things with yeah. success, right. And there's travel opportunities, take that and live with it, right? Like these are opportunities that third world countries would only dream of because they, they're surviving on shelter and food, right? So the ability to have choice, the freedom of travel, freedom of choice, right? Go out there and make something out of it. Like go out there, meet a person, give to others, experience things that you've never been able to experience because if you're lacking that whole mind, like the, the whole journey of embracing a new culture or just watching it on TV, it's not the same until you live it. Right. It's true. And especially for an entrepreneur, that's why I'm always kind of pushing, you know, entrepreneurs to travel because you have more flexible schedules and, you know, you don't have to be in an office, so to speak. It really, once you go and you see, people doing business in a different way. And I don't care if it's just a street vendor negotiating with somebody or, you know, with a smile or somebody just taking, you know, something, making something out of nothing, um, you know, in a, a CrossFit studio out of an abandoned garage, you know, that kind of thing. When you see people doing that in different parts of the world, you come back really inspired. So I think that's one of the best things like an entrepreneur can invest in is a, is a plane ticket and a little bit of observation. <laughs> and and so, that's amazing for you to say that because I travel Asia, Europe, or whatever it is. And the way they do business, right? Culturally and, you know, what it meant to, to have like such a stable, you know, family business, right? You yeah. can extract those ideas and bring it home and you might have a good uh, business that you can scale, right? And grow. As an entrepreneur, you got to be open to, you know, uncovering different opportunities, right? And yeah. seeing with your own eyes what's uh, out there. Because on TV, it's all fear, right? It's all news. It's all about PR. Like the whole purpose of what, what you see digitally is different than reality. So you got to see it firsthand. You do. And there's so many destinations like too, they suffer from that. They get a bad rap because maybe something happened 
you know, it could be years ago, it could be you know, months ago. And it's, oh, I'm not going there. It's very scary. And then lots of times people go and they said, well, I don't know what I was worried about. It was the most hospitable place. It was wonderful. You know, and that that's really just, you need to just go. And I think like, as far as the travel industry goes, just a tip, <laughs> anybody's looking, there is, there's no amount of advertising that's going to bring this business back. It is social proof and social credit. It is seeing someone do it and trying to mimic it. Um, you know, it is seeing your friends and, you know, trusting them in what they just did. And they came back safely to, to influence you. I don't think it's about banner ads anymore or anything like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. Social proof, you know? yeah. Like the PR aspect, right? Like yeah. as much as media is out there to push fear mongering and all that stuff, like messing with your brain, right. Oh, yeah. To restrict you to do things that you're so used to, or you look forward to, I would say, you know, just like what's going on right now, you know, learn, go out and figure things out, uncover, talk, talk to people that have already lived it, right? And find out grassroots, like how they are doing, see if it's actually safe, like maybe it's a one community or a street block and whatever, like, then avoid it, right? Like, if you have choice, go out there and experience other places that, you know, you're not feared to you know get assaulted or you get whatever it is a crime right um enjoy it and and that's the whole purpose of like travel i i find like even right now i do weekend getaways right like road trips and i travel to different parks and whatever it is it's fun we look forward to it because it's like small little micro moments right and that's what life is about moments that you want to cherish with the people that you love through experiences, because that's what people will remember. Absolutely. It's the stories you can tell and all the, all the things that you soak up, even when you don't think you're learning, you're watching something. If you're, if you're in a different place, you're learning something. So if you don't mind sharing, Gabriella, um, with what currently are you up to? Like, is there certain projects that you're up to? Um, and how, you know, now that you're more v- virtual and like, h- how has your business you know, changed, pivoted? And is there anything that you would like to discuss in terms of like your business? Well, we're doing so much stuff that I always wanted to do. Like I said, we're working for tourism boards and it's such an honor, you know, to work with a government um, entity and and to be able to promote a destination. So we're thrilled. We're doing a lot of creative marketing, um, you know, in sales actions for um, a couple of destinations in the world that are some of my favorites. So we're, we're thrilled And, um, you know, like I said, we've launched some broadcast initiatives. We've turned things into our little TV shows (laughs) on our YouTube channel. And we're seeing lots of people, you know, we're seeing those numbers grow. So people are really liking them. Um, I think what we did also is to, to help people, you know, stay relevant and, and to get educated during this time, we created broadcasts instead of forcing them to these virtual trade shows, you know, where they have to get locked in a Zoom room with somebody and, and you know, with a, a meeting that will go nowhere. We wanted to give people on-demand creative content um, that they can watch, that they can share, they can pause if they have to eat dinner, you know, that kind of thing, working around what they needed to stay positive. You know, travel agents needed to know, okay, what can I sell? What's happening here? Which borders are open? So just trying to be as information fueled as we can be. Um, And we do have another product. Um, You mentioned in the beginning, our 48-hour power jump where we created these like compact, high-energy trips of a lifetime for busy people so they could fly anywhere in the world. We construct their journey that gives them the best of the best of a city. 
um, and, and do things that they would never even know were possible. Um, and that was on pause for a while, again, because COVID just kind of ruined everything um, temporarily. And we're saying, well, how can we do this? How can we get someone to an international destination and back in 48 hours between testing and this and that? So we figured it all out. We're working with people on site to be able to get them their COVID tests right when they arrive, to be able to turn around and come home, <laughs> you know, get that all done, um, you know, and, and eliminate any of the hassles to be able to allow these long weekends to, to, to happen again. So a lot of it was patience, you know, behind the scenes waiting, um, you know, for some solutions to arrive, but jumping on the solutions when they did arrive. And I'm glad that you're mentioning about like change, right? Because that's the whole purpose of business ownership or entrepreneurship. If you're still, if you're waiting for things to happen, you're probably going to, you know, not survive when something does happen. Right. Um, But you're able to like be nimble, spot opportunities, look at different opportunities that you can do things to hit different segments of the marketplace and grow and still survive because that's, that's what it's all about. Right. Like same with travel. Yeah. If you think you're going to show up on time and go on board and travel to a destination without delays and hiccups, like that's never the reality, right? Something's going to happen <laughs> throughout that whole journey. And that's the, the whole purpose, right? Like you have to be decisive. You have to be quick on like figuring things out and moving along and being okay with it. And now that you've traveled in all these different places in the world, like, you kind of grow with it. You, it, you it doesn't impact you. It's, look, it's never fun. <clears throat> Believe me, this last year and a half was not fun <laughs> by any stretch. But, you know, we, we just had to do, like, if you're going to survive, like, you know, there's a, there's a question of, okay, are you going to survive or not? Like, do you, you need income? You have to figure it out. And, and there's, always, there's always something to do. There's always a way. You know, the part of the the struggle is finding it. But, you know, even when you think there's nothing, I mean, so many people were devastated. There's, there's no opportunities. Everything's closed. There always was a little something. You just really had to work hard to, to find it. That's amazing. So out of all the places, so it's just a personal question. Um, is there a top three global destination that you would like to plug in terms of like, if anyone had an opportunity to travel, where would you recommend Oh, wow. Um, you know, always South Africa, because it's, okay. it's very life changing. And um, it's one of those places that, that truly between the people that you meet and the magic that you see and the wildlife and, you know, there's nothing like being on safari. It's almost unimaginable. Um, you know, and it, that kind of thing, if you do it with your family and, you know, um, and just people that you love, it is it's just the most life changing um, place, you know, and one of the most naturally beautiful and just very blessed um, I'm, you know, half Portuguese, uh, half Italian. So I always go to, you know, Portugal and Italy is my default <laughs> places, um, just because they're, you know, just nostalgic and, and of course, gorgeous and rich in history, but um, also very good, you know, good values and um, great food, great wine, and really just kind of like the complete package. So I think, yeah, those three would be my tops. If anyone that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, this is what life is about, right? Like, you know, share it with family and friends, go out there, learn, go experience different cultures. And if you're able to travel, like don't wait, right? A lot of people are waiting for, you know, the perfect time. Yeah. 
And I don't know what, I don't know what for, because this thing is with us for a very long time. So we, you know, <laughs> if you're waiting, then I, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where there's no COVID, you know, like it may, we just may react to it differently. We have, you know, vaccines and things like this, but it, it's going to be a thing and it's going to be a thing for a while. So either we work around it and you just say, okay, you know what? I want to go to the Vatican, but I'm just going to wear a mask. No problem like that. That's okay. You know, if you really want to do it that bad, then some small little things like that um, really won't make a huge difference. Yeah. And I love your positive, uh, you know, vibe, right? Because, you know, that's what people need today, right? Like just be okay with what, you know, take your precautions, like make sure that you're equipped and you you know what your the risks are yes keep living like stop stop worrying too much and just enjoy well that's what always got me with this whole thing i was like okay well you know like especially in the u.s like there was so many moments in time where cases were terrible and now now we're not doing so great either but i was like people are catching COVID at the grocery store and they're worried about going somewhere somewhere else where the cases are far less and everything seems to be managed a lot better. You know, I mean, like in in some communities and so, you know, you could, you could get it by going, you know, down the street. So I think, um, you know, you have to weigh the risks and also look at some of the realities, you know, it was, it's, it's always a factor. It can always be a factor, but it's also a factor in your backyard. And I love that you're exposing your daughter to travel early, just like how you were, because I, I feel that is probably the, the best thing you can do for any child, right? Yeah. Um, so they're, they're ingrained with like different experiences, cultures, religion, whatever it is, right? People, yes. different colors, nationalities, food, whatever, because the more you're, you're you know, culture, the better well-rounded you are as a human. So I love that. Absolutely. And so you can learn a lot. I love that. Well, thanks a lot, Gabriella. Um, Is it, what's the best way people, if they do have any questions, they can check you out or reach out to you? Sure. It's um, info at truemarketing.com is the easiest way to get me. And then I'm on um, Instagram at uh, the explorator so you can check my traffic out there as well yeah. so i'm gonna share that in the show notes and i do want to thank you um because i feel very blessed to have you on the show um thanks a lot I, I had a lot of fun learning a little bit about you and your journeys and of course those three tips south africa portugal and <laughs> italy um I've been to two of them, never been to South Africa, but I will definitely go on those safaris like you mentioned. So thanks a lot, Gabriella, and have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Business Sphere and share this episode. Tune in next week for more interviews from entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs.